Hello, everyone. This is Rasa with a favor to ask before we start the show. If you love listening to You Must Know Everything as much as we love making it, please recommend it to a friend, family member, coworker, classmate, teacher, babysitter, anyone and everyone in your circle and beyond. Word of mouth recommendations like yours make the biggest difference. And one more thing. We now have a You Must Know Everything online store with amazing and exclusive t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs, including, of course, kid sizes. Please follow the store link on our website, youmustknoweverything.com, to check it out, show your support, and spread the love that way, too. Thanks so much, and on with the show. Hi, Dad. Hi, Rasa. How are you today, my charming father? I'm well. How are you? I am wonderful. Are you ready to know everything? Yes, I am. Okay, let's do it. Today, I have a theory about energy. Fill me up with it. I feel alive! Hmm, that's exactly the right attitude. My theory goes like this. When you wake up in the morning, you usually have energy. Lots of it. I'm ready to go. And in the end of the day, you usually are tired. Oh yeah. Bedtime is my happy time. Hmm. And in the middle of the day, it's kind of a mix. Yeah, it's up and down. Sometimes I'm eager to work, I'm focused, I'm happy, and sometimes I feel stalled and slow. And why am I even awake, but it's still 10 hours till bedtime? Exactly. But here's the thing about energy. To have more of it, to keep it high throughout the day, you need to use it, not save it. Ooh, a paradox. Explain. Say you're sitting in front of a computer and looking out the window. You're tapping your toes, you're wiggling your fingers, you're typing, but then getting distracted, but then typing again, but then tapping your toes again. You probably have pent-up energy. You need to use it. It's a sign. Your body is saying, I've got some juice. Plug me into something. Exactly. You should stand up, do a bunch of jumping jacks, go outside, play some basketball. And then when you come back, you're refreshed. You feel more energized. But now you have calm energy. You're calm, but you're still energetic. You just needed to use your active energy first. This is fascinating. Usually I think of things that I have as something I have to save up. And the more I use it, the more I lose it. But you're saying energy is almost like a fire. The more you get going, the more you can keep going. It gets bigger. Exactamundo. Energy is like a little kid inside you. It needs to have recess. It needs to run around. And then once it's done that, it will behave. It will listen. It will help you. It will cheer you up. And what happens if you don't listen to the little kid inside you? It will get antsy, itchy, sulky, sad. It will slow down. It will sit in the corner. It won't like you or even itself that much anymore. It's like we're spending our day babysitting our body. And our body is babysitting us, too. Yes. So listen to that little energy kid inside you. Get it out. 
play with him or her. Have fun. When you come back inside, that kid will be charged up and willing to help you in whatever thing you need to do, too. Are you ready for today's poem? Yes, I am. Okay, let's dive into it. This is called Sonnet 43 by Elizabeth Barrett Browning. How do I love thee? Let me count the ways. I love thee to the depth and breadth and height my soul can reach. When feeling out of sight for the ends of being and ideal grace. I love thee to the level of every day's most quiet need. By sun and candlelight, I love thee freely. As men strive for right, I love thee purely. As they turn from praise, I love thee with passion to put to use. In my old griefs and with my childhood faith, I love thee with the love I seemed to lose with my lost saints. I love thee with the breath, smiles, tears of all my life. And if God choose, I shall love but thee better after death. Dun, dun, dun. Wow. May I read it? Yes. Sonnet 43 by Elizabeth Barrett Browning. How do I love thee? Let me count the ways. I love thee to the depth and breadth and height my soul can reach. When feeling out of sight for the ends of being and ideal grace. I love thee to the level of every day's most quiet need by sun and candlelight. I love thee freely as men strive for right. I love thee purely as they turn from praise. I love thee with the passion put to use in my old griefs and with my childhood's faith. I love thee with a love I seemed to lose with my lost saints. I love thee with the breath, smiles, tears of all my life. And if God choose, I shall but love thee better after death. Wow. She'll love him even after he dies? Assuming it's even a he or she dies after death. Who knows whose death she's even talking about? Yeah. Now, of all the ways she counts that she loves, one of the ones I find most charming is this. I love thee to the level of every day's most quiet need. What do you think is an example of a daily quiet need? Well, maybe a quiet need is if you're hungry, you want a snack. Yeah, making someone a snack when you see they're hungry or sneaking into the garage right before they're going to go on a bike ride and pumping up their tires. Yes, or if you know someone loves sparkles and they hate their pair of old gray sneakers, taking their shoes home with you and covering them in sparkles and then bringing them back. Way to make a quiet need loud. Yes. (laughs) I love thee with the passion put to use in my old griefs is my other favorite. What do you think she means by a passion in grief? 
so things that she really cares about, she's really passionate about. So say she's like, that should not have happened. How could that? That person, I don't like that. That thing is really bad. I don't like that thing. And then she loves that person with the same amount of passion. Yes, maybe redirecting that energy into affection for the other person. So instead of saying, that is a horrible thing to do, she's going, I love you. What do you think about this strategy of counting the ways you love someone? Well, I think counting's okay, but from what I've seen, I don't recommend keeping score. segment of the show. Do you have a vexing question for me? I do. How does a camera work? I know they've been around for a couple hundred years. Now they're a different form. We're mainly on our phones. But how do they actually take pictures? Great question. I'll scout the world, find the answer, take a snapshot of it, and bring it back to you. your vexing question. The most important part of a camera is the lens. What it does is take all the light bouncing around and uses glass to make them into a straight point, which then makes a clear picture. If the light's at the wrong angle, then the picture comes out blurry. That's why cameras have focusers to help straighten the light out into a line. And That's it. That's how cameras came to be so quick, sharp, and clear. I've seen one of the original cameras that has no parts practically. It's called a pinhole camera. A little opening, and you can see the light from the outside world being projected into a wall or a floor or another surface. And I think what happened with later cameras, first mechanical and now digital, is they added things that could read that light that's projected too. There's chemicals that are in film or there's Mm -hmm. digital sensors in digital cameras. So we have photographs. Precisely. So remember, next time you snap a selfie, it's the lens that focuses you into the frame and the light detector that lets you capture the image and share it with the world. Bing! I have a new follower. Now I have seven. Know Everything was produced by me, Rossa Smith, and him, Jeremy Smith. And the amazing music was by Furniture. Get cool You Must Know Everything merchandise, submit your own vexing questions, and listen to more than 50 previous episodes at our website, youmustknoweverything.com. Please rate, review, and share the show. And please tune in next time for everything you need to know. 